This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. There was a Hasid of the third Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek whose name was Rebbe Tzalel, and he was a traveling merchant. He would buy merchandise from far away and bring it back to the towns near where he lived, where he would resell the merchandise at a higher price. And so Rebbe Tzalel was traveling quite a lot. And once he stayed in the home of a certain Jewish villager who owned a lot of property, and on his property he grew vegetables, chickens, (laughs) and also had sheep. And in order to take care of the sheep, he hired a young Jewish boy that he didn't know very much about. Even though the boy wore kippah and tzitziot, he seemed to be pretty ignorant. The Jewish villager told Rabbi Tzalel that in all the time that this young man had been working for him, taking care of his sheep, he had never seen him once say a bracha before eating, or wash his hands, or daven, or do anything that a religious Jew should do. And so Rebbe Tzala decided, being a chassid, that he would go over to this young man and maybe help him out a little bit. So he went over to the fireplace where the young man was sitting. And he was sitting there eating some beans. And he said to the shepherd, Why don't you wash your hands and say a bracha before you eat a meal, like a person is supposed to do? And the young man looks up at Rebbe Tzala and says, What, so I can be a hypocrite like you? Rebbe didn't expect an answer like that. So he said, what do you mean? He said, what difference does it make to you if I make a bracha or I don't? Get out of here. And Rabbi Tzala said, listen, you're a Jewish boy. You wear a kippah and tzitziot. Did you have a Jewish education growing up? Where are you from? Where are your parents? But the boy, he just turned away from Rabbi Tzala and continued eating his food. Rabbi Tzala left it alone. The next morning, he got on his horse and wagon and continued on his way. And around a year later, he came back to the same Jewish villager and spent the night with him. And he said, tell me, where did the boy who was taking care of your sheep go? Is he still here? In the Jewish villager, he said, let me tell you what happened. One day, I decided to go out for myself to see what this young man did out there in the fields, to see whether he was really taking care of the sheep as he was supposed to. And so I followed him at a distance, way into the fields. And at some point, he sat down on a rock, and I decided to hide behind a tree so he couldn't see me. And he takes out a little book of Tehillim, which shocked me because I didn't know that he could even read. He looks around, left, right, up and down. He looks everywhere. He doesn't see me, but he's obviously trying to see if anyone's there. Then he begins reciting Tehillim with a voice like I'd never heard before. Even though it was just him in the forest, it sounded like a choir was singing with him. And the more he got into the Tehillim, the more amazing the voices sounded. Phrase after phrase, his voice rose in ecstasy. I'd never heard anything like it in my life. And I realized, this wasn't an ignoramus like I thought. This wasn't just a peasant boy. Obviously, there was something very special going on with this boy. And so I quickly went back home and left him alone. But over the coming days, 
He noticed that I was treating him differently. He saw that I was giving him more respect. I wasn't looking at him the same way as before. And he tried to cover himself up by pretending that he really didn't know anything. But he could see in my eyes that I knew that he was hiding a secret. But I didn't say anything to him. And then one Friday night, not long after I saw him in the field, Ten Goyim burst into my house. And they said they had to take this young man off for military service, for serving the Tsar. I told them this is absurd. This is a private home. You can't just burst in here like this. But they said that they were acting on orders and they took the boy to the neighboring town. I begged them to at least give me until the end of Shabbos. I told them that we're Jews and that I can't travel and that neither can this boy. But they didn't care. They simply took him away. And that was that. And all Shabbos I'm trying to figure out. Maybe I can get a hold of some of the leaders in the community, some wealthy Jews, somebody who can get him released. And I was able to raise some money. Soon as I made Havdalah, I went to the nearby town where he was being held. And when I went to the conscription authorities there, I asked them, where's my shepherd boy? The one that was taken away by the 10 men on Friday night. And he looked at me like I was crazy. I said, what are you talking about? First of all, we don't have 10 men on the staff here. And secondly, there was no young man that was brought here on Friday night. You can come inside and look for yourself. And so I went room by room and he wasn't there. And since then, I haven't heard anything about this young man. He simply disappeared. And when Reb Bezalel heard the story, he said, Oy, how could we have been in the presence of such a great tzaddik and not even known it? It seemed to us that he was just a peasant boy. But clearly, Hashem didn't think that we merited to be in his presence. And so he arranged that he would be taken away from us. How much work do we have to do? That he was sitting there right in front of our eyes, and we sensed nothing and knew nothing. Here's one more short story for you. The Heidegger, Reb Tzvi Elimelech of Dinov, also known as the Bnei Yisachar, had become very ill, and his Hasidim and his family understood that since he was old and ill, it seemed to be that this was the end of his life. And so his children and grandchildren came to be with him in the last hours that he was here physically in the world, and the Hasidim were standing around, hoping that maybe he would leave some final words, something to guide them when he wouldn't be here to answer their questions. And the Rebbe's eyes were closed, and there was a sense of awe on his face. His face was shining like a light. And everybody standing around the Rebbe said, Our master is spending his last minutes meditating on the greatness of Hashem, closing his eyes, connecting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we were so selfish to stand here and assume that he would have something to say to us at this moment this high spiritual moment when he's about to leave the world. And then suddenly, the Rebbe's eyes opened up, and he started looking around the crowd. And finally, his eyes landed on a man who was standing at one side, 
and the Hasidim and the family realizing that the Rebbe was looking at this man, they made way for him and gently pushed him to be next to the Rebbe's bedside. And the Hasidim heard the Rebbe say, Reb Shmuel, what is it that you wanted to ask me? And the man said, Rebbe, and nobody had ever seen this man before. He said, Rebbe, the wool that I purchased, what am I supposed to do? And Reb Tzvi Adimelech, he said, Don't worry, Reb Shmuel. Wait until next winter, and the price will rise, and you'll make a very nice profit. And then the Rebbe closed his eyes, and after that, his soul left his body. In the days that followed, the Hasidim were debating with one another. What was the meaning of the Rebbe's final words? The mysterious wool merchant has disappeared just as suddenly as he had appeared. Everybody was certain that he was one of the 36 Lamed Vav Tzadikim. Or maybe he was Eliyahu Navi himself. And everybody's trying to figure out, what's the Kabbalistic meaning of wool in winter and a handsome prophet? And when this discussion reached the ears of Reb Tzvi Elimelech's son, Reb David, he said to them, you all are mistaken. There's no mystery here. There's no hidden meaning. Only a profound expression of my father's love for every single Jew. That Reb Shmuel that you saw, the wool merchant, he's just a simple Jew. And he often came to my father to get an Eitzah and a Bracha, to get advice and a blessing regarding his business affairs. Recently, he bought a large quantity of wool, and the price dropped sharply, and he was going to lose all of his money, as well as huge debts that he owed because he borrowed money to purchase the wool. And so he rushed here to Dinov to seek my father's advice. He didn't know that my father was about to die. He just saw everyone crowded around the Rebbe and figured they also needed advice just like him. And so when he arrived, he followed the crowd into the Rebbe's room, unaware of why everyone was there. But my father, the Rebbe, in his final moments, he sensed the presence of a Jew in need, and he felt that this was the most important thing for him to take care of before he left this world, that he had to assure this simple merchant that everything would be okay. And once he did, then he felt like he could leave this world. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, my sweetest friends, as always. I want to thank one of the new supporters of the podcast in Melbourne, and all of you who are supporting this podcast, thank you so much. You know, sometimes I run into people on the street, and they recognize my voice, and they say, hey, are you the guy who tells the stories on the podcast? And it puts such a smile on my face. Also, all the comments that people leave me, whether it's on YouTube or wherever you listen to this podcast, it means so much to me, and thank you. And if you didn't know already, I have two memoirs. You can find them on Amazon. Just type in my name, Barack Holman. And I'm working on a third one. Bezat Hashem. Hopefully we'll be finished sometime, sometime soon. I always have so much going on, never have time to finish the book. 
If you know somebody who hasn't heard about this podcast yet, I'm sure they would appreciate if you sent them a link and said, hey, you might enjoy this. And to you, my sweetest friends, may you have a good Shabbos, a good week, a good day, and I look forward to our next story together.